0: Hello, welcome to The Honest War Gamer, I'm your host Rob. What an exciting video I get to make for you today. If you're an Age of Sigmar fan, or an Age of Sigmar player, or if you've ever been interested in general tabletop stats, this is the show for you. Because today we're going to be looking at the Age of Sigmar stats for the last GHB. Now I know what you're asking yourself, Rob, why would we be looking at the stats for the last GHB? The new GHB is underway, and we've got an entire year of this new GHB. Well, we haven't, as of yet, got enough data to really look at those stats properly, or in my opinion, enough, and it's quite nice to look back at the old GHB and actually see what a season looked like. So we're going to look at the armies, and we're also going to look at the players and be shouting out them for their achievements. I personally think, and I am really hopeful, that the stat center that we do every week um, is really helpful for the Age of Sigmar community. I think it's helped it grow, and it has... Made well, the event scene has grown, it's not just us, obviously, but I think that really has helped. And we've seen the event scene grow massively over the past uh couple of years. In fact, we're looking at something like a 50% level of growth, which is great. Now, this whole thing would not be possible without two different people, Rob and Ziggy. Rob takes all of the data and trolls through it all and makes sure it's uploaded in the correct format, and then Ziggy's are kind of like stat man. And he puts it all into these amazing-looking crafts, which are all available for free on the and you can go check them out at any point. And when we start to get information on the new stats, um, we will put them up there as well. And also, we track player stats, which is amazing. So players can feel rewarded for playing at events, not just like especially if they play at multiple events. So not just playing at one, which I think is also really rewarding for the players who attend lots of events. And I like players who attend lots of events because it makes the event scene come alive, which is really helpful. Anyway, let's get straight on with the video and the first thing we're going to look at, as you can see on the stats dashboard, is we're going to start looking at the different armies. And the first thing we're going to look at is meta participation. So all of these events, and it's 157 events in the past six months, the past six months Right? 157 events with 13, well, nearly 14,000 matches, 27,000 results. These are only two day events, not team events, not one day events. Just an incredible amount uh, of of Sigmar events in a six month period, which is really cool. Met representation is how many of each army you'll like to see at an event. Uh, which is which is pretty obvious, and our winner is Slaves to Darkness. So congratulations to the Slaves to Darkness in the last GHB, the most popular army, not by loads. Seven point nine percent of the meta with seven uh, with Stormcast Eternals behind. Now, seeing as Stormcast Eternals, though, as the poster children of the uh, game, it shouldn't be. It should be Cities of Sigmar. At seven point two, beating them, saves to darkness is brilliant, Uh, especially when like they've kind of they didn't necessarily ever struggle, but I really do think it was all of their new miniatures and all of the awesome new minis that we got, uh, as well as them having a very, very singular playstyle. Like it's not complicated, Uh, it's kind of like an Iron Jaw's army. It's fairly honest. You've got units that fight really well, and then you can either make them be more tanky by making them Nurgle or more fighty by making them Corn. I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think a lot of people are really excited about it. And I'm not surprised to see that number be so high. Uh, Stormcast Eternals in second place. Gloomstrike Gits in third place. Again, not a surprise to me. Not only are they an incredibly powerful army in the game, they're also probably one of the most popular armies. The fact that Slaves of Darkness are higher is actually really interesting because I would have expected maybe Gits to maybe beat everyone. But Gits being in third place is cool. Ogre tribes in fourth place is a massive shock to me. Loads of those miniatures are old. Uh, like they have not had like a range refresh. Their book is a bit of a copy and paste from their last book. It's not that different. Uh, there isn't a lot of like mechanics in there that are very you know uh, diverse or interesting or unique, especially compared to its last book, its last iteration. A bit like Skaven but they're an incredibly successful army and also, very much like Slaves to Darkness and Stormcast Eternals, they're a much easier army to get on the tabletop. You only need to paint yourself three Stonehorns or Stonehorn Beast Riders and some Stonehorns and you've got a really competent army that you can put on the tabletop. Super fun to play, really aggro, quite defensive, um, or like survivable probably is the right, right, right way to describe it. But most importantly, easy to get on the tabletop. Sylvaneth, 5.7% of the meta, not a surprise. Great looking army. Um, and plays really uniquely as well. The only thing probably holding them back is the fact you have to paint up loads of trees. Sword like Gravelord's actually a bit of a surprise to me. The Vampire and Zombie Dragon Neferat build, but it was amazing how many people ran out, bought loads of Blood Knights, bought loads of zombies, uh, and have featured so much. And uh, what's also interesting as well, when we start talking about the meta representation, the fact that Saves of Darkness and Stormcast Eternals is so high, means that it's gonna have the longest or the widest amount of skill expression. What this means is you have an army, it can do certain things... But if you're better at the game, you can make it do more stuff than if you're not as good at the game. Skill expression. Uh, When you have more people playing, you have more skill expression, or like more variance in skill. Uh, And so you would expect their win rates to be lower. So Soulblight Gravelords not to blow the lead, uh, being 5.4% of the meta. um, And, you know, the sixth most popular army is quite interesting. KO 4.8%, Blades of corn 4.4%, Lumineth 43 Skaven 4.1% is shocking to me. Their book wasn't, they've got no new minis, their book wasn't new or interesting, it's just the aesthetic carrying them through, that's crazy in my mind. Uh, Magikin and Nurgle at 3.9%, Nighthorn at 3.9%, Osiarch's at 3.8%, Fire Slayers at 34 is amazing as well. Fire Slayers really had a glow up in the last GHB. Generally considered to be not a great aesthetic, uh, all the characters look the same is the constant joke. But that release of that single foot character, the Flamekeeper, built this entire kind of like Fire Slayer meta where you had like rallies and units dying and the Flamekeeper's procking their ability. So it's quite interesting to see the Fire Slayers do so well, um, especially in popularity. Most importantly, because. Uh, you know it, the things that are true for gits, where their aesthetic is great, um, is not necessarily true for fire slayers. But they, that flamekeeper really gave them a new lease of life. Iron jaws 3.2 disciples in each 3.2. BTS 3.1, and then straight to the bottom, uh, least represented bone splitters. They've effectively been soft canned by Games Workshop. Uh, they put all the points up. They didn't give them new rules. They don't write them faction stuff. They don't change their points. They're effectively been kind of like squatted without really saying it. Uh, then Cities of Sigma, um, Cruel Boys, right at the bottom. Cruel Boys really weak as well. Cities of Sigma is quite interesting being so low. Um, and then Sons of Behemoth, only two percent is crazy. When at one point they were the most popular faction in the game. Uh, so yeah, uh, pretty interesting. Love to know what you think of the meta stuff. We're going to dive straight though into the win rates. Now, the win rates are very interesting. Over 157 tournaments, Soulblight Gravelords and Carriage Run Overlords tied for first spot. 56% of the meta. Now let's just take a moment to look at this GHB in a big snapshot. Anything over 55% or under 45% is a problem. It was either too weak to play or it was too strong to play. And grave Gravelords and Carrion Overlords are only 1% over our top end. It's a really healthy place for the game to be. Like, a well, lot, lot of chat was thrown at Gloomspite Gits, uh, who ended up at 52%, although I think the skill variance in their list is quite high. Um, but 56% overall isn't terrible. I'm okay with that. It's not heartbreaking. Uh like, it's, it's pretty much the best the game has ever been. The people that missed out though, under 45%, Stormcast Eternals. Not a surprise. Didn't really have many battle tactics in their book. Uh, they don't have access to as many Ward Savers as a lot of the current books and iterations have. Uh, they're fairly uh they're fairly um, uh, like unsurvivable to mortal wounds, and mortal wounds generally have increased in the game. Uh, so I'm not surprised to see them down there. Iron Jaws is a big surprise, but they're a combat army, and other combat armies can do a lot of healing, they can return a lot of units, uh, and uh, they also get access to a lot of good saves and ward saves, and I think the Iron Jaws army just doesn't have the sustain that the, some of the other armies have. Nighthawn at 43% is also, I think, uh, a lot to do with the fact that the book is built around building, in its, it building itself as a castle, and it could potentially always be too good if you make some of those units too cheap, but they probably need a couple more units on the board to be really good. Bone Splitters, again, they've been soft-nerfed at the game. City of Sigmar, they're getting a new book. And Cruel Boys, 39%. It's actually fairly criminal what's happened with Cruel Boys in, um, in Age of Sigmar generally. They were the launch army along with Stormcast Eternals in Age of Sigmar 3. They have been bad ever since. Uh, there have been people all around the world who've tried their hardest to play with them as much as possible, to do everything they can to make Sol- like, uh sorry, make Cruel Boys good, and the best they were able to do was get them at a 39% win rate, which isn't too low, but it's still pretty low. Uh, and so, like, it's uh, it's really fair to say that they are, like, absolutely awful, and Games Workshop really haven't really, and they've been pretty much at the bottom of the pile for th- nearly three years now, uh, two years, sorry, two and a bit, and it's, like, a little bit, of a shame that Games Workshop have never really made any overt effort to change that army up, uh, I think. My personal opinion. So yeah, those are the faction win rates, but that's not all we're going to look at. Just a quick snapshot, because there's so much more info to dive into, so let's go do that now. The next chart that we're going to look at is the positive win rate potential chart, and this is my favorite chart for a couple of reasons. Most importantly, because it helps us look at skill expression. Uh, What you're looking at on the left-hand side is the meta-representation, we talked about that already. On the right-hand side is uh, how many times one of these armies had a positive win rate potential, or it went 3-2 or better. So we've got a 3-2, a 4-1, or a 5-0. And the reason that I really like this is for the exact reason we're going to talk about right now, looking at the top two armies on here. Heat Knights of Sinesh and Soulblight Gravelords both have a 62% positive win rate potential. But the difference in their meta representation is significantly different. For instance, in Solbright Gravelords, their meta representation is 5.4%. And as I said earlier, the more people who play a faction, their win rate generally tends to be lower um, because the skill expression is kind of averaged out, so you settle more around a 50% mark. With Solbright Gravelords being at 5.4% and He the Knights of Snesh being a whole 2% lower at 3% of the meta, my argument would be that it feels like... Uh, Players who were a little bit more experienced were picking up the heat knights of Snesh, and we saw that because the lists were generally fairly cookie cutter. Uh, lots of Bliss Bob Archers, one unit Slip Seekers, the Contorted Pyramid with the Dark Crown, uh, all in Pretenders, and it's pretty much like the same list all the time. But that list did really well. In fact, if we go to the Age of Sigmar World Championship stats, they actually were the highest performing faction at the Age of Sigmar World Championships. That's a little bit uh, like um, uh, misleading, because you do a lot of pairings, and I think Sinesh were brought specifically to deal with Gleamspike Gitz, uh, so they had a good run because they paired into their right matchups. Uh, so it's slightly different, but gets back on course. The difference between Heed Knights and Sinesh and Soulblatt Gravelords being 2% means that probably Grave Gravelords were a little bit too good because 62% positive win rate potential, one of the armies that you were, or the army that you were most likely to go uh, a successful win rate with also had a lot of people playing that particular army, which means they were probably overcooked. Another good example would be Spike Gits. They had 70, 7.1% of the meta, and they were above that kind of like 50% mark. They were at 56%. So even more people playing this army, and their win rate potential was still quite good. It's not as egregious as some of the other armies that have happened before, but still pretty strong. So, and we already knew that gets were like a little bit of a problem in the last GHB. So I think that's really fun as well. And then everything else just confirms everything that we knew previously. If we look at the bottom, crawl Boys had a 26% chance of having a positive win rate potential. And that's actually really upsetting. So that's right at the bottom here. I'm kind of covering it up. It's actually super disappointing uh, for Cruel Boys Uh, in my opinion, because it just shows that even if you were to play them, you're not even likely to get a 3-2. This is the one that I would show new people. You know, new persons like, ah, Rob, I really want to buy I don't know, Bone Splitters. You'd be like, dude, look, like every player who loves Bone Splitters can't do any better than this. So you'll just have a bad time at events, so don't buy that army. Loads of people sit comfortably around the 50% mark. Ogres, Fire Slayers, uh, Flesh Eater Courts, um, Lumileth Realm Lords and Big War a little bit above there as well. Uh, and then some of the other armies really struggling, like uh, not really struggling, but like not helping themselves. Nurgle and Daughters of Cain, uh, at that bottom section. Next thing we're going to quickly look at are the battalions used and also the grand strategies used. Uh, we didn't track battle tactics. We can't track that yet at the moment. Hopefully do that in the future. Uh, but as you can see, battle regiment, easily the most taken sub um, battalion, uh, which means you're going to try and take your army into one drop. In the new GHB, I wouldn't expect that to change at all. In fact, I maybe would prefer. I probably would expect to see that number even go higher because going second in many of the battle plans is such a bonus. It's been the most successful uh, battalion always and it's absolutely something I would like to see taken out of the game uh, because I inherently think it makes the game much... Uh, I honestly think it makes the game much, much better if this isn't in there and it's more difficult to control that first turn grand strategies uh, on the other hand we had 37 percent of the time we had take what's theirs now obviously that's going to the new GHB and I think that's going to be uh, pretty defining for what um, grand strategies we're going to see come into play especially as they' a fairly large swing Age of Sigmar itself in scoring if you're playing an event or even playing a game has a pretty truncated and very close margin of win. Uh, You normally don't end up winning by like 20 points, you normally end up by winning by 2 or 3 points. So grand strategy can make all of the difference in this particular game, and the grand strategies this new GHB are a little bit more challenging to do. So 37% of the meta, uh, as you can see for the last GHB, really showcases that. Um, Lots of these, and lots of these only got 0 or 1% representation, and don't forget that's over thousands of games. So Games Workshop generally always has a best fit and they really don't do grand strategies well. Never has this pie chart looked healthy I would, li- and never has the battalion usage uh, looked healthy. So from a structural game design point of view, I'd like to see Games Workshop get rid of the battle regiment and I'd, I'd probably like to see them get rid of grand strategies ultimately. I think they don't add anything to the game and in fact, as we're seeing here, they most often are just causing themselves more of a problem and also giving haves and have-nots when it comes to these things. So get rid of these two, I think that would be a better game state. Okay, so we're gonna look at some of the armies in a little bit more detail now because there's some really interesting stuff to look at because while win rates is something that Games Workshop and lots of other people kind of throw out there, actually getting a more detailed dive on some of this information is actually really, really relevant. And it's something that the stats do incredibly well. And again, shout out to Robin Ziggy for doing them because they give us another little insight into how our armies are performing. The thing we're looking at is the Soul Black Gravelord's army. And we've got loads of information here, which is super cool, specifically about battle plan win rate. Now, I'm gonna come back to this information in a moment, but the battle plan win rate is going to significantly change win rates. And it really shows you that when people say things like an army has a 20% win rate, actually it's not super relevant because some of your armies will do really well On different battle plans, and that's really worth looking at and really worth exploring. So that's what we're going to do, but we'll do that in a moment. First, we're going to look at a couple of the standout armies and as our most successful army on average over six months, Solbright Gravelords is worth looking at. If you actually look, though, uh, if we take out some of the factions that were doing badly, like the Avangori Dynasty and the Castelli Dynasty, they have got a 60% win rate when taken in what you would consider to be their good faction. This is where the stats start to break apart, and it becomes more about intuition and also kind of just about general knowledge about the game. So system mastery is the other term for that. Legion of Blood are easily the most chosen of the sub factions, and you can see it there Uh, that they are the most populous as well, 45%. But they have a 60% win rate, which is way over our problem area of 55 percent and there's just a couple of reasons for this uh mainly because they've got access to some good abilities in legion of blood uh their subfaction abilities are more of an advantage than say avangori dynasty um and so they're just much more effective in legion of blood and if you look at them in their new ghb uh, sorry not the ghb in their new book they got a massive spike towards the end um so they started out uh at their win rate here at number fifteen, just before their new book came out, they were at 38% win rate. Then they went up to 59 and 62% win rate. So while the overall six-month win rate for them is only 56%, their last two win, their last two months of recorded wins leading into new JHB, put them at a 62% win rate, which is a massive problem. Like, that is a legitimate, this needs to be, like, FAQ'd or needs to be some points changes. Uh, And then you can really see. And also their meta representation skyrocketed. 9.3% of the meta. Absolutely huge, right? So just bonkers stuff. Um, And they're just really, really effective. So it's just another way of, like, looking at the stats and another thing worth talking about. Why is it so high? It's a great question. Probably because of the hunger on the Vampire and Zombie Dragon, that's a massive issue. But Zombies are also a problem as well. All three of the sub factions are actually pretty good. Frycross Dynasty being the second one and the probably the one that you would see taken most was Zombies as a 56% win rate all on its own. Um, but some of those things have been changed, some of those things have been FAQ'd. So I think that they could be looked at, but they just have loads of strong units and also loads of different builds. Zombie spam works and is very effective, uh, and also big monster hammer, specifically the Vampolon Zombie Dragon, is really effective. Ignoring Rend like we see with the artifact that you can take on that character, and also Neferata is just amazing. So that's why the army is so good, and will continue to be good, because it's also really strong on the primary, holding objectives, which is how you score a load of points. So yeah, like grave Gravelords, really excellent. If, however, we use the drop-downs that you can see on the left-hand side, um, uh, here where it says Battle Battletome Releases, and we choose to look at this army only since its new book was released uh, and any subsequent uh, games, that puts us at 208 tournament results, 1,000 matches played, and the army has a 61% win rate. Legion of Night, 65%. Legion of Blood, 62%. So that pushes our zombie build into a much higher win rate of 65%, and Legion of Blood, uh, which is our Vampire and Zombie Dragon, into a 62% rate. But everything else is still post-60. So this is a huge problem army, and will continue to be so, as we've already seen, in this GHB. Next army we're going to talk about, OCR Bone Reapers. And what we're really going to talk about is the difference between an army before they get a new book and an army post a new book. And the difference in this situation is night and day. If we look at the meta rep by month over on the right-hand side, you can see that they were cruising around a two point, like 2.3 to kind of like 1% of the meta. So not that low. Then they get their new book and they skyrocket up to seven, uh, six and seven percent of the meta, absolutely massive. Their win rates are also pretty flat, there's some spikes sometimes, but they pretty much settle across the board. But don't forget, the people playing them is incredibly low. So once you get to low enough, you get a bit of a problem. So this is all in the top right-hand graph. You get a bit of a problem in that just if one person just happens to do really well at an event, that really changes the meta. So you really want like it really changes the graph and the numbers, so it's not quite as effective. When they get up to 7% of the meta, which, as we know, is puts them in about third or fourth place, that, and they're at a 55 to 62% win rate, as they have been here, we're seeing a significant ups in how effective they are. Lots of people playing them, lots of different skill expression, but also doing incredibly well. OCR Bone Reaper is going to be a real problem in the new GHB, uh, and they are doing very, very well. So definitely worth looking at in that information as well. And why are they good? Very survivable. Uh, multiple different sub-factions that do, do quite nicely. Lots of healing, lots of recursion. Um, if you were just to look at a Stormcast Eternals army and an OCR Bone Reaper's army, there's night and day. Stormcast Eternals have a good armor save, a bit, and they can fight. Whereas OCR Bone Reapers have the same thing, but you can heal vast swaths of OBR which you can't do in Stormcast. So the difference between the two is really interesting. Uh, And it really showcases an old book and a new book and how just adding an additional bit of recursion into an army, or quite a lot in this case, really makes this army better. And these are just a hugely strong army. One army I'd like to talk about in detail is going to be Gloomspike Gits. And that's because Gloomspike Gits, when they were released, were considered to be, like, broken. They're gonna destroy the meta, they're gonna destroy the game. And it's quite nice to look at this, like, kinda in post. Lots of the units are too cheap. We've had points updates, we've had FAQs since. Do I think Gloomspike Gits were good? Yes. Do I think they were tournament winning army? Yes. Do I think they were oppressively good? Maybe they were a bit of a problem but I don't think they have ever reached what I would consider to be oppressive levels, which we've seen in the past, with like Sinesh. This is a few years ago, uh, and definitely Gargants, which you saw a couple of years ago as well. And here's my evidence for it. Again, I definitely think that they were a little bit too good. They were they were they were too cheap in certain places, and they had some problems, definitely. Uh, so let's talk about this. So when the book was released, they immediately went from around 3% of the meta up to 7 and 10% of the meta. And as I've already discussed before, when you have more players playing, you have a wider skill set. And therefore, the win rate is lower than it should be. Their win rate spiked up 53%, 55%, and the one big problem month of 58%. Uh, well, I mean if we do it by months, they only ever hit a 55% if we do it by month versus battle turn releases uh, 51, 52, uh, 54 and 49 uh, They hit about 8% of the matter as well. So while they had a lot of people playing uh, They never really spiked up I'm gonna just stick an arbitrary 5% on this and say that if we take out kind of the low skill expression This army was pushing towards more of a 60% win rate, which is too good. Don't get me wrong But looking at this graph what we saw was loads more people pick up the army, loads more people play the army, and we saw the army be really, really good, but not crazy good. Definitely too good, definitely needed FAQs, definitely needed points changes, but not aggressively too good. And I think what's interesting about this is this doesn't take into account all of your Spider Fang players, those sweet chestnutters that I love, yeah, and all of your. Um, uh, troll players, so your Trogoths, which really didn't need any points changes in the in the latest Battle Scroll update, because a lot of this was jaws and mork. If we go back and look at uh, our meta representation, 47% of the lists in this uh, in since that book was released were jaws and mork armies, almost half. Then it was king's gits, which arguably were also going to be squig and goblin heavy, and then glog's mega mob was only 18% of the meta, and glog's mega mob. Only had a 50% a 51% win rate, so they really didn't need any point changes. They were effectively perfect, and so keeping them there it would have been really nice to see. So I think by Gits is such an interesting kind of case study for Age of Sigmar at the moment. Uh, new book, new lease of life, got loads of play. Definitely some stuff too cheap. Definitely some stuff too strong. But because it's an army that's made up of a variety of different factors. Uh, Balancing those has been a little bit more difficult, and changing those points around has been more difficult for Games Workshop as well. I don't think they've done an overly good job, actually, in the Battle Scroll update, but there we are. It's really interesting uh, to look at that, my personal opinion. So it's super fun. The last thing I'd like to talk about when it comes to the stats, especially for the last GHB, is I would like to talk about how important events are going to be in this GHB, and most importantly, picking the right battle plans in this GHB are going to be. Because when we do look at graphs like this, and Games Workshop presents graphs like this, the faction win rates, they do this a lot, mainly because it has a lot of information that they obfuscate or they don't really showcase. And But us as players, we want to learn loads of stuff about the game and we really want to understand how they work. Yeah, And if you ever are going to submit lists to the, the T-Sports Stats Center, then please make sure you always send all the battle plans that they played. We do have a T-Sports Stat Center Twitter or X or whatever the fuck it's called now. Um, but go check there and send the battle plans when you play it. And why is this so important? Okay, let's look at that graph. Watch what happens when I click the Jaws of Galette. Immediately, the graph changes aggressively. Okay, now the most successful armies that we've seen are Caradron Overlords and Hedonites of Sanesh. So Black Gravelords drop, uh, well, how much do they drop by? They drop by 8% as a win rate. Significant. Massively significant. OCR Bone Reapers tumble from 53% to 38% of the uh, as a win rate, some armies go up pretty aggressively. Slaves to Darkness and Iron Deepkin hit up to 53 and 54% of the matter. With Fleshy of Courts becoming a 57% win rate army, putting them in like third place. Sons of Bahamut get 58% as a win rate. So important, but let's swap it around and let's do ours for the taking. Okay. Everything changes. Carriage and Overlords jump up to sixty-one percent of the meta, as do O.C.R. Bone Reapers. So, there's a, so between those two battle plans, O.C.R. Bone Reapers has nearly a twenty percent win rate difference. Just those two battle plans, and so if you go to an event with O.C.R. Bone Reapers, as an example, and it doesn't have Jaws of Galette, but it does have R's for the Taking, you're in a better position to potentially win the event, and so taking this information in, oh, especially over the course of a year, is going to be really interesting for TOs on what missions they choose, because that's going to really change up how, uh, you know, who wins, who does well at events, which I think is, again, really interesting. Again, if you click any of these, all of the numbers change again and again and again, and that's really important really important because while the win rates are so cool it's really fun to talk about and it's a nice shorthand for how an army is roughly doing all of this stuff really helps you by opinion like it really lets you know oh i just can't seem to do well with my bone reaper army on this battle plan that's because your bone reaper army doesn't do well on this battle plan so there you go i hope you've enjoyed kind of the look at the stats i know it's just a snapshot of what happened in that ghb that's just gone but all that information is available and include it in the notes if you're listening to the podcast or watch on youtube so you can click those things and i want to really encourage you to shout out everyone the t-sports stat center crew so rob and ziggy they do this incredible thing they give us resources which i don't think even 40k has resources this effective definitely not resources that look this good I've said this time and time again, Age of Sigmar is like a crowdsource game. Sure, Games Workshop make it, but we as a community have always kind of like done stuff around the edges. You've got the Weird Nobs guys making um, making these templates and all of this information cards that we use to play in games. You obviously have the Stats guys doing all their stat work as well. you got blogs and posts and, you know, you've got uh, you've Goonhammer doing uh, blogs and Plastic Crack doing blogs, which are great if you want to go read them. And there's so much good information and resources to play the game better, but also to make the game more relevant and fair, which I think is interesting as well. So I want to shout out all those people, they're great people, uh, and they deserve your love. So if you get a chance to shout them out, then please do. Anyway, hope you enjoyed the video, share it with your friends, Uh, share all this information. The community can only get better if we all have more information. Thanks for tuning in, hope you enjoyed it, thanks very much.